0: In this country, we believe that there should be free for all, even though not all of us believe it. Join Tom and Chase as they explore politics, economics, and everything else that threatens your individual liberty. This is The Free For All Podcast. All right, we are live, Free For All episode nine. It's crazy. I can't even believe we're at nine episodes already, but... um we're we're back with another episode nonetheless and uh i think we we kind of wanted to run a different direction this week with this episode um so instead of having, you know, uh a bunch of different things happen, it it, it we're kind of just going to focus on one thing in particular because it kind of took up the span of the entire week this week in terms of uh its relevance and in terms of how much it's been talked about. Um so we're just going to focus on 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 one particular area this week. There's definitely a lot in terms of challenges moving forward, and things that we're going to start seeing in terms of this particular area. Uh, so it definitely leaves a lot for us to talk about. Uh, but before we get into that, I just wanted to remind y'all that uh, our show's available wherever you guys listen to your podcasts, whether that's that's on YouTube, Spotify, or uh, Apple Podcasts. We finally were able to get our show put up in Apple. Um, we had some issues with that for the last couple of weeks, but that's that's there now. So you guys. For people that don't, you know, use Spotify or YouTube, uh, it should be available for you guys over on Apple as well. Um, so be sure to follow or subscribe to the show. Share with your friends. We've also got an Instagram account for the podcast now, so you can connect with us over on Instagram. Uh, just at Free For All Podcast, uh, no spaces or underscores or anything. But um, I think that's it, Tom. If you want to go ahead and get into it, let's go.
1: Yeah, definitely. So this week we are. Just starting to see Republican states like Texas, Arizona, and Mississippi. Um, They're moving to fully open 100%. So back to basically how it used to be. Uh, Back to normal. Texas and Mississippi announced this on Tuesday. That would be the 2nd of March. And Arizona announced this today, the day that we're recording, Friday the 5th of March. And there seems to be growing Republican republican resistance on the state level because people don't want to go through another set of lockdowns and abide by some of what the biden administration is pushing you know they're they're really trying to push this stuff at the federal level because obviously that's uh the single easiest well just that you know you can get one office and then you can really uh have so much power to affect everybody else's life whereas you know they don't have to worry about going after everybody at the state level because the uh federal level can basically just trump everything
0: yeah they're just going to try and override everything with executive orders and and whatnot we've already seen plenty of those but um yeah so it, we we started to see this week um governor abbott of texas was the first one that decided he was going to lift uh the statewide mask mandate after a 10-day waiting period and then he was going to start to let businesses open at 100 percent capacity which would essentially open texas in its entirety for everybody and it, it triggered a response from Gavin Newsom um i don't know if anybody knows who that is but it's the, the governor of california he's been widely publicized the last year for what's been going on in california uh but he called it reckless on twitter and it's like first of all nobody asked you and nobody cares what you have to say but um yeah. the <laughs> the the second part of this whole thing um you know this decision that uh governor Abbott of texas made um, you know, I don't know if anybody paid attention to Texas, you know, that much at at the start of the pandemic, but, uh, basically his, the position that he's, he's taking now opening the state a hundred percent, he he's basically backpedaling because he's the one that put the original restrictions in place. Um, and it's a lot of people, me and myself included, um, you know, don't care for him because he's just an authoritarian. That's all he is, uh. He he can say he's conservative. He can say he's a Republican, and you know, obviously, uh, the Republican response to this has been praising him for taking the restrictions away, but they're they're not criticizing him for putting the restrictions in in there in the first place. You know, he's the one that put them there, and so now he he did this whole thing, you know, reversing these restrictions and making himself look like a hero, and everybody's eating it up.
1: Yeah, you got to remember when COVID started happening that Trump's response wasn't, like, everybody says Trump's response was so bad, Trump's response was nothing or whatever. Well, Trump's response was really just what America was intended to be federalism. Like, he told the states, like, hey, you can go and choose how you want to combat this, whether you want to do lockdowns or whatever. And I'm sure pretty much every state does this to some degree, but it, it, it's funny because these Republicans these governors like abbott it was all in their hands to be shutting down the stuff they can't say that anybody else really did it unless they did it at the local level like which was the case in florida uh with the mask mandates it's all at the local level the governor didn't say to do anything but uh abbott abbott shut things down at the the state level and he's going to be hailed as a freedom fighter now for for opening stuff back up for opening the bars and graduations and weddings when like you said they're the ones who are like all these governors are the ones who took him away in the first place
0: yeah and what's funny too is that abbott if you've paid attention to the media at all he's kind of reading the prophecy that's already being told in the media by the gop by democrats alike which is that he's gonna he was gonna be gone whether he liked it or not because a lot of people disagreed with his original positions um and so this, this whole deal reopening his state was sort of just a last minute Hail Mary to kind of save himself and put himself in front of the situation rather than behind it. You know, he wants to be able to damage control rather than have his reputation entirely smeared and, and lose his position of power that he has. Um, but I want everybody to kind of pay attention to gavin newsom's comments because it's very telling of the way the leftist response is going to be to all of this which is that they're basically going to wait for the numbers in texas to spike so that they can just use it as their ammo to force their agenda on everybody else but it's also dangerous for states like california especially because many of its residents actually fled to texas when this whole pandemic started i don't know if anybody's uh if anybody listens to Joe Rogan Joe Rogan talks about that a lot how he lived in uh in LA with his family and everything and then he moved to Texas because he couldn't take the regulations and the um you know the police state that they've got going on out there so he moved to Texas so you know people like that that fled to Texas from California you know if if Texas's numbers don't spike it's going to make leftists look like they've been screwing everybody the entire time for absolutely no reason. And that's, the, that's a big problem for them because if the, if the narrative isn't true, then they run into a number of different problems that are going to be very hard for them to combat and uh, jeopardizes you know their entire platform that Biden ran on. And then the other thing that's going to start happen, uh, start to happen is that, you know, the people that we've called sheep for going along with all of this, um, you know, the ones that just parrot everything that Biden says or parrot everything that government wants us to do without really thinking about it, you know, they're the sheep, it, but they're going to start to realize while, like why everybody was calling them that because, you know, uh, the sheep are completely oblivious. Um, they don't really understand why that's what everybody refers to them as, you know, until it's too late. But basically, you know, it comes down to what's going to happen with the mask mandate gone, safety restrictions like you know, the masks, the social distancing, um plexiglass on the walls, you know, with all that being removed, is it just going to be a free for all? Do we continue to wear masks? Like what do we think the leftist response is going to be? And I think honestly the likelihood for the fear-mongering is going to go way up because there are already lots of tweets um, when when Texas announced this that, you know, Texas doesn't give a shit about anybody's safety and that anybody from Texas was like public enemy number one, they hate old people, you know, like the, the normal uh, leftist blame tactics. And that goes back into their response and that the response is going to be to maintain that control, maintain the power that they have. And if the case numbers in Texas spike, uh, it, it just gives the left ammo to use to back up their positions. But, um, I think that if there is a spike, it's likely going to be due to the fact that they're, you know, with a situation like this, you know, a pandemic, there are going to be people that don't necessarily believe everything that the government says, but they're also still scared at the same time and don't necessarily want to, uh, put themselves in a position of risk. So. You know, they're they're very aware that the problem is more than likely overblown, but at the same time, they don't wanna they don't want to assume the risk of like, well, okay, what if I'm wrong? So if there is a spike, it's more than likely going to be due to the fact that those those people in particular, the ones that didn't want to assume a lot of risk at first, are now less scared and are participating in society and going out and that kind of thing that haven't built up the immunity to this like everybody else has. And even then, the if the cases do spike, the likelihood of the, any of these cases actually really needing medical attention is more than likely going to be pretty low, because that's statistically that's what we've seen. Um, and even then, another potential response would be if the cases remain largely unaffected or, or unaffected by the state reopening, the left is just going to complain that uh, or uh, claim that the vaccine works a hundred percent and for them, I mean, that's just a hypocrisy. That would be a a hypocrisy in and of itself on their part because they're, they're claiming that a vaccine works a hundred percent when it was developed and uh, approved under the Trump administration. They had absolutely nothing to do with it.
1: Yeah. They were already on this trajectory way before Biden was in office, but um, especially like the 1 million vaccines a day, like I said, but This is just really another example of how, even if you're right and you win against the cathedral, uh, the media, the government, the corporate force that can basically gaslight you, gaslight Republicans out of existence. Like, look at Trump. He's off of Twitter. Um, You know, YouTube took down his CPAC speech the other day. You know, even if you're right or if you win or whatever. You still you still aren't right because they'll report that you're wrong or frame the information so that you look bad um, or they won't show your victories, basically. And it, basically how like Governor DeSantis in Florida was constantly painted as terrible, yet they couldn't prove Florida was any worse for being way more open than a lot of these other states. So it's it's it like I said, it's so ridiculous the amount of control they have when they can just, uh, you know. Turn everybody's eyes, you know, one way and away from. the. Yeah. Past.
0: And I, I'd love if Florida, you know, took this approach because obviously we've uh, uh, Florida has been um, one of the most open states during the entire pandemic. When everybody shut down for the second set of lockdowns, Florida, Florida kind of stayed open. DeSantis didn't want really anything to do with that. But we we have had things like, you know, the mask mandates, um, social distancing guidelines, um, plexiglass in storefronts and in restaurants, you know, there are still lots of major safety regulations in place. But I definitely love if Florida took, took the same approach as, you know, Texas, Mississippi and Arizona, and that, you know, removing the mandates and, and making it a decision and, you know, giving people the option to choose to use them or not. Or to require them or not care about them based on you know owning a business or owning private property or, or, or something like that. you know, if it's your property, you can you can demand whatever you want of people um, in terms of safety regulations and stuff like that. But on public property or stuff that isn't owned, you know you have absolutely no right to tell other people what to do. Um, so I definitely love if Florida took that approach, but I also think that the people that are mad about Texas opening and Arizona opening and Mississippi opening, I actually, th- I saw, um, I think it was Connecticut today announced that they're opening as well. But, um, you know, people are mad that all these different states are choosing to, to open now because they can't force people to wear masks or social distance or, or do any of these things anymore, which is exactly the problem. They're mad that they can't force other people to do what they want. And that there's now a sense of uh, a freedom of choice. Yeah,
1: and the and the funny thing is that people always think that you need a law to encourage people to use masks, and you don't. I mean, I predict that in Texas, you know, some businesses, not all, but some of them will still require masks, and it's perfectly their right on their own private property. But basically, what happens, and what will happen in Texas, is that the market, which is basically the people, will decide whether they want to support the businesses that require masks or they want to support the ones that don't require them. And, uh, you know, the, the market will decide. The, the, better, the better business will win. The better business will. And I'm, I'm sure both of them will do well because people will just want to associate with who they want to associate with. And that's great. Uh, but people are so scared of a virus. And their first response always is to get an arbitrary one-size-fits-all government policy to force everybody to act the way they want and like you said it's it's all about control and as a libertarian i'm going to hammer home the point all the time that private companies should be making these decisions making them themselves and not government uh not just because don't tread on me bro but it's it's really the only way we can experiment and find the right solution and actually somewhat make everybody happy and this privatization solution is something that empirically works better than government with all types of problems, not just not just this, but like economic and uh, pretty much everything, social issues as well.
0: Eric July from Backwards, we've talked about him on the show before. Um, he actually made that same point, Tom, on one of his recent episodes in the last couple of days. Was that yeah, we we should we should be letting private businesses determine how this goes. We we should let them determine, you know, do we want to keep a mask mandate in place? Do we want to do away with all of that? Do we want to completely get rid of all the safety regulations? You know, they have the right to do that because it's their business and they can run it the way that they see fit. And that will determine the way that people respond. You know, people like me or whatever that you know don't really uh agree with a lot of these safety regulations that are in place. I would say that I'm going to go shop at the places that are just doing business the way they've always done business rather than trying to cater to this false left narrative that we need to be kept in a bubble for the rest of our lives because that's that's not how I want to live my life. But you yeah. know, if the if the guy next door to me Believes the complete opposite and thinks that you know we should live in a bubble and that uh, all these safety regulations in place are inherently good and that the government response has been great. You know he has the right to go shop wherever he wants to as well. I, I don't care what he does. I but I want the right to or the right to make the decision myself. I don't like things being decided for me. Um, but speaking of Eric July. He brought up another good point in his 104th episode of his For Canon's Sake podcast. Um, he talked about an interesting fact that I hadn't even paid attention to myself, which is the fact that Asia accounts for less than 25% of the worldwide deaths from COVID-19, despite the fact that the pandemic actually began on that continent, while uh, places like the United States, like Europe combined for uh, over 75% of the deaths from COVID-19. And a lot of people, um, he talked about, attribute the low death rate in Asia to the effectiveness of masks because they're the ones that first implemented the policy. But studies are now pointing to the fact that Asia has been dealing with coronaviruses similar to COVID for decades now and have built the natural immunity to them, which is why they didn't freak out as much as we did. Um, and they're, they're not as deadly as we make them out to be, or that many of us perceive them to be. They're only deadly to people that lack the immunity to them. And another point I wanted to bring up is just because the world decided to implement mask mandates doesn't mean that they were all right to do it. Just because you're in the majority doesn't always mean that you're right. I hope your parents taught that to you as a kid, because, you know, that's a very valuable lesson that my parents taught me is just because everybody's doing something doesn't mean that it's right. But, you know, just because they did all of that, it doesn't mean it doesn't make them right to do it, nor does it mean that they're effective, as effective as people make them out to be, because there are other variables like immunity that weren't being accounted for. Another point that he made was um, using the statistical data provided by John Ioannidis of the uh, World Health Organization, The data states that overall, this virus has an IFR of 0.05%, which pales in comparison to any of the other viruses that we've encountered over recent modern history. But this is the way that reacted that we chose to react to this virus. But we're talking about like um, viruses like uh, H1N1, uh, Ebola, SARS, all these different health pandemics that we've encountered over the last. the last couple decades, you know, we never responded like this and they had higher fatality rates than this virus does.
1: Yeah. So it's, is IFR like international or like.
0: No, uh, infected fatality rate. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, I know. So the, the fatality rate is super low. It's, it's, it's crazy how everybody's reacted, but there's also an article, um, you know, like you're talking about how Asia has basically built up immunities to this, and that's why it's, you know, U.S. is getting more infected. There's, there's also an article that came out of CNN. And I, also saw, I think, I think, I don't know if it's was Washington Post or Examiner, something, some other big newspaper today also posted the same, cited the same World Obesity Forum, which said that the The risk of death from COVID nineteen is about ten times higher in countries where most of the population is overweight, and this is crazy because the U.S. has a thirty six percent obesity rate, and we're frequently criticized for it because it's one of the highest in the world or whatever. And uh, yet, our answer to why this coronavirus isn't working is because we don't have enough government. Like they think, oh, uh, it's it's so terrible in the U.S. and it's it. The media is always framing it, it's so terrible in the U.S. because We haven't shut down like these European countries or whatever. When, like you just said, Europe and the U.S. have had it terrible. Like it, it, it's so crazy. But, but just this one study from the World Obesity Forum should be a top headline. I mean, uh, some of these publications are pushing it, but I hope everybody really gets to see this. And I don't understand why CNN has incentive to push this or whatever. But it should be a top headline. I mean, it's it's the main reason the U.S. has the highest deaths in the world because we have such high obesity. Thirty-six percent—that's that's insane. And uh, we have talked time and time again, even with our friend Pierce, who's an MD. And by the way, please check out episode number seven if you haven't. We interview our friend who's a doctor, and he—we uh, talk a lot about uh, COVID and then some other uh, problems within the healthcare industry. And uh, but we've talked time and time again about how we need to take better care of our bodies and ourselves, and ha- instead of having the government be mommy and daddy. And uh, Pierce agrees. Like he says. People go to doctors and they're looking for solutions. They don't want to proactively fix themselves. And obesity is obviously one of the main problems that arises from people not wanting to take care of themselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. Pierce sort of hammered on the fact that, you know, there are so many external factors to this virus that nobody takes into account. And the biggest one is, uh, of those factors that we talked about with him was obesity. You know, if you're obese, you're dealing with a lot more underlying health conditions that are going to affect the way that your body can respond to this fire should you catch it. And, you know, that's the reason why obese people have been dealing with this, uh, you know, or have been hit the hardest is because of the fact that they're obese, because of the fact that they don't take care of themselves. And then act like that's not part of the problem. And the only solution is just to spend more money, uh, pass laws and, and give the government more power when that's what we've been doing since yeah. the beginning. And it's done absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah. Actually, what's kind of sketchy, too, is like the whole body positivity kind of comes in at the same time as, uh, you know, people are saying, you know, don't worry about your weight sort of thing. And that's all at the same time as tons of people are dying. And we're pre- it's pretty much because of obesity.
0: Yeah, that entire scene is just it's so oh my god, I I it's it hurts to even think about, but the the people that that are, you know, part of that whole body positivity scene or whatever, they they want to paint being obese, being fat unhealthy standards of living and and stuff like that. They want to paint it as something good and something that's supposed to be worshipped when in fact it's the exact opposite. uh, Obesity is the number one killer of Americans that exists. You know, a lot of people think it's smoking and cancer. So it's obesity, dude. It's heart disease. Yeah. Yeah. Heart disease and heart disease is directly related to you being overweight. And so the fact that people want to sit here and worship this and and make it something that's accepted or is worshiped and loved by so many people is exactly part of the problem. And I I talked about my personal experience with COVID in episode one, the very first episode uh, of our show that we did. And I I almost died because of COVID-19. I was in the ICU for two weeks and I also have to acknowledge the data that we have and, uh, all that data points to my case being an outlier. Anytime that we extrapolate and give value to data, we always have outliers, you know, things that don't necessarily line up with the way that things happen, uh, the other 99% of the time. And, you know, that's what happened to me. And I can't, in my right mind, advocate that everybody be forced to wear masks, uh, you know, be forced to social distance, be forced to do all these other things even if they're healthy individuals simply because I caught it and I almost died, simply because of my own personal feelings. You know, my own personal feelings don't allow me or give me the ability to make decisions for other people and tell them what to do. I I don't get to stand on a soapbox and and demand that everybody do as I say simply because I almost died because of the virus. You know, that doesn't that wouldn't make any sense. And you know, Life is about taking risks. We all take risks doing different things every single day. The biggest risk is probably getting in your car and driving to work or or driving to the grocery store or whatever. Anytime you get in your car, you're risking an automobile accident. Um, You know, you could be sitting there making uh, risky financial purchases on a day-to-day basis or um, making risky decisions at work, you know, with your job, with what you say to coworkers. Um... You t- everybody takes risks every single day with what they do. And the argument that we should be treating a virus with a ninety nine percent survival rate like this is is absurd. And you know, making people wear masks simply because that's what you want them to do is stupid because you're not allowing them to assume risk for themselves. If you look at things from the opposite side, you also can't force people to not take risks simply because you don't want to. you know if if you want to stay in your house, and not risk your health or something like that, because you're scared of the virus, you know, that's perfectly fine. Stay in your house. But everybody else shouldn't have to cater to you not wanting to take that risk and say, oh, well, you know, my next door neighbor doesn't want to go outside. So I guess I'm not going to go outside either. Like, that's not how it works.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we don't ban smoking, because it could give you lung cancer and kill you. And we don't uh, ban, like you said, driving cars, which is probably... Even more dangerous on a day to day basis uh, than than smoking to be honest in in a lot of cases but um, we, we, we've spoken about how no one really quantifies the government you know the cost of all these governmental actions, only the deaths no one really cares about all the thousands of small or I should really say big ways that government actions in this quote unquote crisis have Taking tolls on hundreds of millions of other Americans. And, uh but, but yet we have to sacrifice everything for a couple hundred thousand that may or may not have had COVID.
0: Yeah. And I think another big problem that everybody needs to pay attention to, I kind of hammered on this a little bit earlier, but it's going to be how the left decides. So, you know, we talked about their end game is they're going to want to control this situation, but how are they going to do that? And, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that, um, they're going to want to maintain control, but how they do it is going to be important because there's just lots of different variables that we have to account for here. Scenario one is going to be that they try to paint themselves as heroes for diffusing the situation with masks and social distancing or lockdowns or you know whatever they want to they want to use. Um, if the cases spike in the states that choose to open, um, I think the the likely result is going to be um, an increase in in the fear mongering in the media blaming conservatives and libertarians alike for um, case spikes, um, you know, telling everybody to stay inside, threatening lockdowns again, increases in safety precautions and safety measures, you know, that's, that's a possibility. Or I think the last alternative is going to be claiming that the vaccine works, you know, that's if the cases stay stagnant and they don't see any kind of jump in the case numbers, you know, they're going to start talking about the vaccine works hundred percent of the time. They're the ones who perfected it and not the evil orange man that they just voted out of office, even though he is the one that, that approved of the vaccine, his administration and their, um, medical team are the ones that did all the research that went into this vaccine. Um, you know, they're going to come claim that he had absolutely nothing to do with it and that they're the ones that, that saved all of us somehow. Um, and basically what I want everybody to understand is that the left needs this narrative to be true in order for them to, to maintain uh, their power and their image that they've painted to a lot of these sheep, basically, you know, that eat up everything that they say and just and, and take everything that they say at face value. You know, they need that narrative to be true. They need the pandemic to continue because that's how they're going to maintain power. They need, their, they need these cases to spike in open states so that they can point the finger. Because what happens if they don't is that they look like the bad guys who have totally screwed over millions of Americans by costing them their jobs, their retirement savings, uh, their businesses, and even their own family members. You know That's, that's the alternative and that's what they, they don't want to happen because they have absolutely no way to combat that.
1: Yeah, which they have done all those things. They've and it's not just the Democrats. i I know hundred almost a hundred percent of the Democrats were in agreement with these lockdowns, but it's not just the Democrats since a lot of Republicans were on the side of uh the national mandate or uh some sort of statewide lockdown uh like you like we were talking about with abbott um and I think almost all states pretty much imposed restrictions of some sort during the pandemic but uh, now they're either gonna try to ratchet up government control and say it's better or claim credit all the all while ignoring all the costs of their constantly changing rules for people and businesses while they lag behind data in every step but they didn't lag behind finding or shutting down businesses or ruining your life you know
0: yeah they were very quick to uh find businesses that they said opened up too early or, or weren't uh following any of these mandates or safety precautions and everything but you know they've been lagging behind in just about every other area. So, you know, they, uh, they'll take every opportunity to hit you in your pocketbook when they can fine you or jail you or, or, or whatever they can do to inconvenience you. You know, they'll take every opportunity to do, to, to do that. But, uh, yeah. you know, they, they can't do even the simplest of things.
1: Well, yeah, and they, they mishandled, they, the CDC mishandled, like I said, like lagging. Like they mishandled the the initial testing that was coming out all the while shutting down people's businesses and claiming the numbers were so high. Uh, They, you know, the PCR testing, like we talked about in the episode with our friend, the doctor as well. uh, It's, it it can be faulty as well, yet they still shut down and find businesses and the vaccine takes, could it probably come out earlier, but uh, you know, government red tape. And although Trump removed a lot of that, it's still a problem. And we still have, a patent system in this country that only allows a couple companies really to make these vaccines, you know, that's another lagging thing. And all the while they're finding people and they're destroying your life all the while they, they even don't even have the solution to protect your life for you while they say they're protecting you the whole time. They're not, people are still dying. They didn't, they're not saving anybody's life. People are still dying. So what are they, what are they talking about?
0: I think there's, there's another point worth mentioning here too, Tom. I, and I actually think you, you brought it up in a previous episode, but it's the fact that in the last year, China is the only uh, nation in the world that experienced economic growth this past year. Every other country, including the United States, um, their GDP was lagging behind. We were n- not a producing economy. We didn't experience any uh, growth in GDP at all this past year. So I I think that's also uh, important to keep in mind because, you know, if we do see stagnant case numbers and everything, and the left does try to take credit for saving us from all of this, we also need to keep in mind the economic impact that all of their destructive policies have had on the rest of us. You know, we've all lost businesses, lost money on investments, dipped into savings, uh, dipped into retirement funds, you know. We've done all this different stuff to try and keep ourselves afloat, and yet they can't do the simplest things. They can't keep our economy stable. They can't, they can't come up with a policy that isn't one size fits all. We don't even need the policy. The government is what made this pandemic as bad as it was. But you know, they can't seem to stay out of anything. They always, they always have to have their grubby mitts and hands uh, in everybody else's business because they think it is their business, and it's not. And it brings me into the last point that I wanted to make here, which is that we are now almost a year to date. I think I think a year to date will be next week at some point or maybe the week after. Uh, But we're almost a year to date uh, to 15 days to slow the spread. And yet we're still we're we're still dealing with the same problem. And it's it's basically like the lockdowns didn't work. The masks didn't work. The social distancing didn't work. Nothing worked. Nothing worked that the government put in place to try and slow the spread. And yet, millions of Americans still bought into this leftist lie that they would somehow make us safer. And a year later, we're jobless, moneyless. We have no savings left. And we're basically at our wits' end. Uh, We can't even get the damn stimulus checks that we were promised. And yet, there are still people advocating for more government power and for the government to add more regulation. They can't even give us stimulus checks. You know, Biden promised that. You know, while he campaigned uh, and even right after he got elected, you know, he said, My message to Americans is that help is on the way. And, you know, help isn't on the way. It, it, you know, you're too busy bombing Syria and doing all these other things to even help us. And that's the problem. And I saw that tweet from Joe Biden, you know, help is on the way. And it reminded me of an old Rise Against song by the same words, Help is on the way, that talked about. You know Bush's failures in response to the Hurricane Katrina tragedy and the BP oil spill. It mentions a number of different, you know, failed government responses to different things. But it's very reminiscent of that song because that entire song just talks about the way the ways that government interferes with our day to day lives, the way that natural disasters and all these different things that the government thinks that they can handle, they do a very very poor job at handling it every single time. And yet they're still able to manage to brainwash and convince enough people to uh, give them power and allot them the ability to make these these decisions that destroy the lives of their own people.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be like a frequent theme on our show, and we've already talked about it a bunch of times, is that. Uh, there's always people advocating for more power and more regulation. Almost everybody, and because that's that's pretty much what happens in our country, we never reverse any of these uh, government decisions. Really, it, all the regulations pretty much stay. I know Trump removed some business regulations, but there's still tons of other laws and uh, loopholes and all this garbage that stays. But you know, even like you talk about natural disasters, it it, it was the Cajun Navy, like some rednecks with. Uh, with little uh motorized boats that helped people instead of the government a lot of times they were saving a ton of lives during a lot of these uh recent hurricanes in the bayou area or uh in the uh, southeast or whatever uh louisiana and texas and stuff but you know even with covid it's like the real problem the the unemployment the the people starving or whatever who's helping people it's charities it's churches and stuff it's not government they're not getting the checks out to people um, I know in here in Florida, there's a huge problem with our unemployment system. it's not it's not all the states. It's not all the federal government or whatever that's going to take care of you in these situations. And it's proven time and time again that they can't do that. And they're actually the ones that, if you really look into it, are causing a lot of these issues are you know, like we said, are causing uh, people to get out of work in situations like uh, the financial crisis of two thousand and eight are causing banks to make risky decisions with cheap money and stuff like that. Um it it's crazy the more you look into it and yet still people are demanding more government power, more regulation year after year. It's it's so crazy and it's so ass backwards. Um, but it, I mean, they make it seem like they put you at yet it's government school. They put you through uh twelve years or whatever of government school, but they make they make it seem like, oh, it's all for democracy, like you have a choice, like the government's, you know, doing this for good. Uh you know it's the Patriot Acts for patriotism. we're gonna you know welfare helps people that are unemployed or whatever. You know everything government does is kind hearted and it helps. but they never teach you about what can I do to look at the costs. and you know, when they're proposing all these policies, they never teach you about the costs. And as our national debt reaches twenty eight trillion dollars, uh, everybody's just turning a blind eye, and I've talked about Republicans used to care about the fiscal cliff. you know, they stopped caring about it when Trump was in with Skyrocketing deficits, record deficits, crazy. While he's was blasting Democrats for spending all the whole time, uh, while he's on the campaign trail, it's it's so nuts. Um, but everybody's turned the opposite way. Nobody cares about the costs, and uh, they're just ruining your life with all these regulations. And it just needs to stop. And every facet of government just it needs to be rolled back. It's it's so crazy. It's so excessive. It's so costly. It damages our country. It, it racks up debt, you know. It, st- it steps on our lives. It affects our daily lives. It affects our families. It affects our our pocketbooks. I, I can't stand it.
0: We are talking about uh, just how how destructive the government is with everything that they touch. I was on Twitter this past week, or I think it was. It may have been late last week, and the ATF, uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, you know, agency, uh, their Twitter page. They posted a tweet because it marked the uh anniversary of the siege of the Waco compound um yeah. you know with Dave Koresh and all they do that every year yeah that's so crazy they do that every single year yeah they uh they posted this this whole anniversary tweet for the siege of Waco and the, in the replies they got absolutely obliterated because uh, the, the Waco is arguably the biggest government agency failure in existence or one of them. I had Katrina would be up there with me, but going and essentially murdering a bunch of women and children simply because you didn't agree with their religious ideology. And you thought that they were hiding guns that you never found. And you burnt the place to the ground with women and children inside, killed everybody there And then you want to go and march off and you want to be hailed as heroes. You know, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. We're not going to hail you as heroes. We're not going to look at you like you're the good guys because it was an absolute overreach and an absolute failure of the central government to handle that situation properly. They shouldn't have even been there to begin with, but that's besides the point. Once they got there, they didn't handle the situation correctly. Um, They made lots of sloppy mistakes and a bunch of innocent people paid that price with their lives. You know. And, and government does that consistently in every single facet of our lives every single day. Everything that they control is a failure. They haven't done a single good thing for us. And the fact that people will continually argue, for, argue in, the, in favor of the government and, and argue for them to, for, uh, to be given more power and for them to control more and more of our lives is just absolutely dumbfounding. I don't understand why why people think this is such a good thing and think that uh, other people telling you what to do and other people controlling what you do uh, is somehow good. They fail at everything that they do and their power should be taken from them. You know, the rug should be pulled from underneath their feet because they don't deserve to run the country and they don't deserve to tell us how to live.
1: Yeah, the government um and especially all these bureaucracies these these executive agencies that were basically handed power by bills long ago and that can act on their own and pretty much write their own laws like the atf like uh the epa it it, it's crazy sorry i forgot what i was gonna say
0: yeah but uh I think that's really all we had for you guys this week. You know, like I said, I, I kind of wanted to stick with this whole topic of uh, of states opening because that was, in fact, a very, very big deal that was talked about by a lot of people. It was criticized by a lot of people. Um, it was praised by a lot of people. There are lots of different opinions that I saw and lots of different studies coming out just on on, you know, COVID numbers and, you know, the fatality rates and, and, and all that it was definitely a big topic that needed to be discussed. Um, but I think that's all we have for you guys this week. Um, Tom, do you have anything else to add? Um,
1: Not much. I think that was a pretty good episode. Like um, I know, like we were talking about, it's only one topic, which kind of sucks, but we, you know, this is kind of, it's not just like we were talking about just tech. It's not just Texas, a couple of States, but, this could be the change of tide for the country in terms of reopening and uh, you know, people changing their minds to government power. Like we've already seen like right wingers changing their minds when it comes to police after the whole uh you know, like the Capitol incident and like a lot of the rioting and looting and stuff. So I hope this is another change of tide and um like this is just a big topic in terms of freedom in terms of what we love. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh I guess that's it for you guys. We'll be back again next week. Uh, Be sure to tune in. But until then, be easy. Peace. All right. Have a great week, guys. Tune in next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Free For All podcast. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the show and connect with us on Instagram to keep up to date with all the latest content. Peace.